Aloha, party people. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 195. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, the Ray's Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. Today we chat with Chris and Liz Summers. Chris and Liz are recent former residents of the Hawaiian island of Oahu. How many of you have dreamt of picking up your current life and moving it to Hawaii? Well, Chris and Liz did just that when they left California for a new life in Oahu. And after a couple of years living as island locals, they're back in California. And in this episode, they tell us all about the ups, downs, and everything in between, including quarantining on the islands during this life-changing experience. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. Every purchase or donation, no matter the size, is very much appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Alrighty, let's get into this. Grab a Mai Tai and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room. Give it up for my friends, Chris and Liz Summers. grab a piece of Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> Just for you guys. Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you throw pineapple on anything and it becomes Hawaiian, right? Exactly. Is that funny or is that... Maybe sad. Is that sad? I don't, I don't think I don't think pineapple's even harvested in Hawaii anymore, right? It is. Oh, it is? Yeah, on Maui they do uh, sugarloaf pineapples, which are really small, highly concentrated, delicious flavor. Okay. And then Oahu, the uh, Dole Plantation, still grows uh, all kinds of uh, Maui had the gold. Was it gold? Yeah, the Maui gold. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a plantation in Maui. It's in the middle of the island. Is it over where it's it's part of the area that's hard to access, right? Uh, it's in Ho'okipa, I think. Okay. And so There's central a distillery toward there. the North Shore. There's a distillery. Oh, I didn't yes, know the Pau. Oh, towards uh, the North Shore. Maui. It's on the North Shore, um, North Central. Oh, interesting. 
I didn't even look for it. Because I know about the Dole Plantation, which is like super popular, right? Yeah. We only knew about that one because I found a Groupon to do a distillery tour. Is there a distillery tour at the Dole Plantation? No, no the one on Maui. On Maui. Okay. And then when we pulled up, I was like, oh, there's a pineapple plantation here. But then it was closed. What are they distilling over there? What, what brand? Uh, the Powell Maui Vodka is made from pineapples. Mm. Uh, they also uh, have uh, Fid Street Gin. Wait, you can make vodka from pineapples? Yeah, you can make vodka from anything, really. I thought it was just apples. That's just, uh, it's supposed to be a neutral grain spirit, but it's usually wheat. It could be potatoes. It could be, in this case, pineapple. Uh, Ciroc is made from grapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's made from grapes? Yeah, Ciroc vodka is made from grapes. How is vodka made from grapes? Uh, They do the distillation process somehow. Mm. uh, Because when I think of grapes, I think of wine. Right, exactly. Right. Fermentation process. These from the leaves too. It could be. Because I know the Czech one, the Rocky, is made from grape leaves. Yeah, it's made from potatoes. Hmm. So I'm curious. Where were you living before you moved to Hawaii? The gracious land of your Belinda. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Land of Gracious. There we go. I so I got a question for you. So I live in a little town called Eastvale, but prior to it being incorporated as Eastvale, we used the Corona post office. Mm-hmm. So our mailing address was Corona. And many times I would say, like, I lived in Corona, but technically, like, I don't live in Corona. But a lot of times it's easier to say that because people don't know where Eastvale is. But if someone lived in, say, Anaheim, they would say, oh, you live so far. And I would say, there's only one city between you and me, and that's your Belinda. <laughs> and it's like, is Corona that, is your Belinda that big to where that it's that far away? I say that your Belinda is like a banana. Okay. The shape of it. Because it also goes up towards like... Tabrea. Tabrea. And... Yeah, I mean, it's technically the Anaheim Hills, which is technically well, not. Well, so it's split. The way that I see it is it's split by the 91 freeway, right? I think so it's you just have the 91 that you're makes it. You're on the north side and right. uh, Anaheim Hills on the south side. And once you cross those those two cities, the first city you cross into is Corona. Mm-hmm. Yes. And people think it's so far away. People in Anaheim would say that. And I'd say, you know, Anaheim Hills, which you don't think is far away, is the only city you have to cross through to get to Corona. Maybe it's the traffic? I think it's the 91. Okay. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. If, if you're coming east in the morning, it's bad, and going west at night, it's bad. No, the other way. Yeah, sorry. Other way. Yes. Other way around. West in the morning is bad. East in the evening is bad. But we determined that each one's worse. Hmm. It's funny you say that because... Noah said to me, sometimes when he drives from Honolulu to Waikiki, it's faster to drive around through the North Shore. Is that true? I could believe that. He said that. He he looks at the timing, and he says, yeah, it's faster if I drive around and go up through the North Shore. And I thought, that is insane. For him coming from Mililani, I could see that. That is insane. And my thought is, does he go all the way up to the North Shore? Or does he cut across like 
by the H3. He probably takes the H3 now. It's got to be. Yeah. He can't be going there all the way be, It would take him over an hour to go. Uh, actually, it would take about two hours to do from Mililani uh, all the way around the east side of Oahu by Turtle Bay and the northeast corner right. all the way down right. to Kaneohe and uh, Kailua. So what brought you guys to Hawaii? His job. Okay. Uh, yes, I actually uh, I took a contract job. I was working uh, in the same place I work right now, uh, came back to. Uh, I was working as a full-time staff member in my military reserve squadron. Okay. And a uh, better opportunity came along. Uh, they wanted to pay me a lot of money, and I got to move to Hawaii. So I was like, can we go? Really? Can we go? <laughs> She's like, uh, I'm not really sold on this, but all right, let's. Let's do it. Now, was the money because of the? Was it because of an incentive to get you to move, or was it because of the cost of living adjustment? Both. Uh, so we did get some reimbursement for from my company uh, to help move us out there. We did, I think we paid about two thirds of the cost uh, for the move out there, and then um, that that uh, contract job that I took didn't end up getting renewed. Um, oh. So I needed a job yeah, uh, to stay out there because we bought a house and we were playing. Our original plan was to live out there for about five years. Um, and we had half that time uh, at the end. Uh, Did you see it as a, uh, as a way to stay there permanently or you really just saw it as a five-year gig? Uh, we tried to look at it as a five-year gig um, mostly because, uh, at least for me, it was something I always wanted to do. To go out there, live in Hawaii. It's yeah. Very few people can say that they live in yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's on a lot of people's bucket list. Uh, I would totally say that. I mean, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> it's right? worth it, uh, but uh, it does have a high cost of living, uh, so you uh, better be prepared for an expensive small house mm-hmm. uh, or townhouse or condo. Uh, especially depending on which island you are, but then the price of food which you don't think about going into it, um, especially uh, proteins, uh, poultry, stuff like that, is probably about 50 to 75% more. Wow. Are there not farms on the island? Are, are, are there like... There are, but personally for us, I don't think we would have made it comfortably on the island without the military commissary so mm-hmm. we didn't really seek out those places yeah, because because we that. had the benefits of the commissary so we would do our weekly drive to hickam or pearl harbor right which i think we have an advantage mm-hmm. in that but yeah, we didn't I, really seek out i mean there's we would go to food land every once in a while just for small things for, but mostly that kind of stuff we went to the commissary and that's just because of Right. Our situation. You, you had to. It doesn't make sense to go anywhere else. So when I go to the Cook Islands, it's funny that people there, like, for example, if I have seafood, it comes right out of the lagoon. Mm-hmm. That's the easy food to catch and sell. Mm-hmm. So if you want chicken or you want steak, oh, man, are you paying out of your ass for it because... There are no farms there. Like there is nobody harvesting meat on the island. It's got to be shipped in, right, or freighted in, and it's going to be expensive. 
So, like chicken, for example, is a luxury food item in the cooks. Is it the same in Hawaii? Um, not so much for chicken. Um, beef, I would say yes. There's a large cattle farm actually on the Big Island. Um, the, most of the center of the Big Island uh, is a cattle farm. Okay. Um, so pan, paniola and the, no, I would know all that. The paniola, uh, I think, um, yeah. farm. Um, so you can you can get really high quality beef that's raised there in Hawaii, but you're also paying for uh, not only the additional cost that it costs to bring in feed and all that for the beef for the cattle, um, but um, uh, a lot of the the at least the steak cuts are done in the Japanese uh, wagyu style, mm. so uh, it's really good. But mm -hmm. you're gonna pay for it. Yeah. I think we're also in a unique situation because one year of our two and a half years in Hawaii was all during the pandemic. Oh, yes. that's interesting. When did you move back to California? Uh, I moved back in July because I'm a teacher, so I had okay. to come back for the school year. And then he stayed to close out the house, and he came in October. Oh, so really recently. Okay, so wow, so that throws a wrench in things. Oh, man, okay, so. Yeah, so. Bunch of questions for you guys regarding that. But right now, so like, I, I keep thinking from the perspective of somebody that would, that fantasizes about moving to the islands, right? So talk to me about when you first went there. Was there a culture shock? Maybe a little bit. It, it actually, I didn't think it was as bad as it was, uh, I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, so, did it live up to your expectations also? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it did? I absolutely okay. loved being there. Okay. Your well, lifestyle change? Not, not much. No. And I think part of it that also helped me with that culture, quote-unquote, shock was I'm half Japanese. Mm -hmm. So, for me to go there, like, I already knew a lot of the foods. I already mm -hmm. knew everything. Um, and him being around my family so being around lots of Asians all the time used to it mm -hmm. um, I was excited to get to call so I saw show you again because right that's what they all call it there but and then I don't we never felt like I personally never felt like I had island fever the only time we felt like we had island fever maybe was during the pandemic because we didn't have friends visiting from the mainland but would you say that that's because you weren't on the islands that long Let's just say you stayed for five years. Do you think the island fever would have crept in? I think it's easy enough to travel back to the mainland. Okay. Uh, that uh, if you can afford to do it, um, it's uh, you're not really ever going to feel that island fever. Um, I mean, the two of us always love traveling anyway. So um, we, for the probably the first year, we went somewhere about every six weeks or so uh, for the majority of the time. Um, just coming back to the mainland, coming back to see friends in California, or flying um, to see family uh, elsewhere. Um, it wasn't too bad, but um, probably uh, the worst thing about living there was the time difference. Mm. Why is that? My family's East Coast, his family's Chicago. Oh, that's a huge difference. So then. when we're both getting out of work and yeah. we're texting, yeah. like, hey, you want to do a FaceTime? They're like, we're going to bed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so 6 o'clock in Hawaii is 
midnight mm-hmm. in the East Coast. Yeah, and Chicago on East uh, Central. 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 So, so that it's still eleven. It's still five. Yeah, five yeah. hours. Yeah, it's still eleven p.m. when it's six o'clock in Hawaii. Oh yeah, so that's that's crazy because I grew up in Southern California, so it was a three-hour difference, mm-hmm. which three hours is already enough. So if I'm calling, like if I get up in the morning and I say, "Oh, you know what? I need to call Noah," and it's eight o'clock here, I've been up for two hours. It's five a.m. there. You know, I'd be calling him at five a.m. Right? So, yeah. Wow. I think that was the hardest thing for us, and yeah. What are some of the things about moving to the islands that you didn't expect? Um, well, I think the first thing for us was the pain it was to actually move there. Okay. Um, they're like, oh, your stuff will get here this day. It was a nice day. Yeah. So people were surfing. Yeah. I hear There's, that all the time, that <laughs> when the surf is good or, the you know, people don't work. Like the whole island shuts yeah. down. And then they're yes. like, oh, no, now your stuff's on the island. Okay, so when can we get it? Well, we gotta get someone to get it from the the dock or from the um the docks to you. And we're like, okay, so we want our bed. We're like, where is it? And I think once they told us it was on island, it took about two and a half weeks to actually <laughs> schedule someone wow. to come and bring it to us. Yep. And so then, island time is a real thing. It, it is. is a real thing. Well, and then um, a few months later, our air conditioner broke. And we had um, a home warranty on it. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, cool. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They came in. And they're like, the first thing I ask, if it needs to be replaced, is the AC unit on island? And the guy checked me, yeah, it's on island. It was not on island. It took two and a half months for us to get wow. the AC unit. Because wow. it took them a month to get it on island. And it took a month and a half because it was so nice out. They needed two people yeah, to yeah, carry so it. Just- it sat in the warehouse. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we called them like, where is, where are, uh, they called in sick. Mm-hmm. They called in sick yesterday. Yeah, they called in sick again today. And they tell you to relax. They say, relax. <laughs> it's just coming. <laughs> Chill, bro. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, we were lucky. It, it broke in January and we, were, we had friends coming in April. And I was like, if this thing does not come in, I'm going to like die. Like, I don't know what to do. And, That's hilarious. And we lived on the west side. So west side's the dry, hot side. Right. So we had the windows open and we had great neighbors, you know, so we were really excited to have those windows open to listen to our neighbors all the time. Mm-hmm. So we could not wait. For Are that. you being sarcastic? Yes, very okay. sarcastic. <laughs> so we, West Side is also where a lot of the young military go to. So we had some young right, military right. people that had very colorful language. I remember <laughs> going to a game at Aloha Stadium and I took a bus there and and uh, sitting in the stands and there was a bunch of military guys all next to us and they were cheering for like Missouri or whoever UH was playing right and I just remember thinking like wow they were in the minority and they were waving their freak flag you know and they were you know and they were like hey what are you guys doing tonight you want to go hang out with us and they, they wanted to go to some bar in a base and I'm like, I can't go there. <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, I remember meeting some people. So we took a bus there, like I said. And the weather turned as it does when you're on a tropical island. And it just started pouring rain. And we had to walk back to the bus stop to take the bus back to where we were staying. <laughs> and we crossed this group of young people 
that were tailgating, waiting for the traffic to leave the parking lot. And they waved us over and they said, hey, what are you doing in the rain? Come over here. And like, we got some barbecue. And all right. So we walked over and they gave us some beers and barbecue. And we hung out with them for probably an hour and a half, two hours to where the whole parking lot was empty and we were still partying. And they drove us back to where we were staying. Super aloha spirit, right? We learned all kinds of stuff at that particular drinking session. We learned to not take pork over the pali. <laughs> Do you know that? No pork on the pali? Yes. It's a superstition, right? It is. So tell us about that. What, what do you know about that? So uh, I don't remember the, the Have background. Have more pizza. There's more. Uh, okay. uh, but it's like a, a good luck, bad luck thing. So right. you, don't, you don't bring your pork with you. And I think it had to do something with, um, if I remember correctly, like a rock slide or... Oh, it's a uh, rock slide. It might have been. There was a rock slide or something. Uh, because the Pali Highway was the only way to get from the east side into Honolulu before the H3 was built. Right. Uh, before they actually tunneled through right. the uh, the mountain range. But Because be I would ask, well, why? They'd say, trust me, brah, no pork on the Pali. I'm like, all right. Yeah, then I won't do it. I have to refresh my uh, knowledge on that, but I have heard the, the no pork right. on the Right, so um, I might Google that just to, just I, to figure I, out what, what, what they were know. talking about there. But, but that was fun. I never saw them before or since. And they fed us. They gave us beers. They took us back. And after that, we departed ways and never saw them again. And it's one of my fondest memories. It sounds kind of... Such a, like an elementary kind of thing, right? Like a basic memory, but it it added to my particular experience, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I'm curious about the culture shock because things are so different on the islands, you know. Um, the food, the culture, the way people do things, the way people live their lives. I remember the first time I saw. I watch. I was watching the news, and there was the the weather guy was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and shorts, <laughs> and I remember just thinking, yeah. like, because out here in the mainland they're wearing suits, and this guy was wearing an Aloha shirt and shorts, shorts. you know, and I thought, wow, look at that, probably <laughs> slippers, right, slippers too, yeah. Pro- probably. It, we couldn't see his feet, but you know, that was me teaching in the schools. I wore like a dress and all the kind of stuff, and the kids are like, Miss, why are you so dressed up? Yeah. I'm like, this is what I wear when I teach. And like, she's in like slippers and like right, yoga right. pants. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. It's so casual. Yeah. Right? right. Did you guys pick up some of the slang there? I, yes, but I, I think we try not to use it. Oh, really? Yeah. At least for me, being a, I don't have the benefit of being half Asian like she does, but. Uh, it probably doesn't come off as well okay. coming from a, a Hale like myself. Okay. Okay. Well, but there are certain this is general certain general terms. Uh, certain general uh, terms that you can use that people, are that are safe. Yeah, like shaka bra. Like shaka and shoes. Shoots and another so, biggest yeah. thing that we caught on was ending everything with Yeah. 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 It, it, 
I think we said it a few times. You like what's bad with Subi, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and that one always What's like, Baloo, yeah? Baloo, you like Baloo, yeah? No. No, I, no I do you don't like, like Baloo? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll tell you. So what's different there is you can get Spamasubi at the gas station. Mm-hmm. I love my Spamasubi, right? We make it here even because we, you know, Filipino family grew up eating Spam. Yeah. And in Hawaii, you could go to McDonald's and get Spam. Yeah. And I love that, right? And... So when I grew up here in the States, it was kind of a cool thing to make fun of Spam. And I never understood it because I thought, Spam is good. <laughs> Why are you guys making fun of Spam? <laughs> you know, Spam is good. I like Spam. And I thought, maybe you guys are just not eating it the right way. <laughs> you got to slice it and pan fry it. Yeah. And yeah. It, if you do it the right way, the way that I cook it is I turn the heat way up. And you cook it just enough to not burn it so that it's crispy. It's crispy. And it tastes like bacon. And everybody loves bacon. But then people are making fun of Spam. So I'm like, you guys are doing it wrong. If you guys don't like Spam, you're doing it wrong. Yes. You know? So what are your thoughts about Spam? Did you like it before you went to the islands? Or did you not like it and then the islands converted you? I would be more in the category of I don't mind Spam. Okay. Uh, I would probably not personally seek it out, but I'm also kind of super crazy. See, I healthy, seek it out. Uh, oh, okay. I get person, that. Well, so. healthy is a, that's a different story. Yeah. But but if yeah, because I get the whole healthy eating. Cause I mean, I minus all the yeah yeah, yeah the booze. all but minus all the booze and the sugar and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I get that because I try to do that too. But you know, if I go somewhere and I speak and I see spam on the menu. Whether it's a spam locomoco or it's a spam and eggs or whatever, I get excited. And it's funny because this is a canned meat, right? And the joke is like nobody knows what's in the meat. But so what? It's good. <laughs> That's my mom. My mom loves it. She gets so excited. She would make us go seek out yeah. spam musubi so she could get it. Oh really? And she would or come she'll visit. Put it in her fried rice. Yes. It is good in fried rice. Yeah. We go to Costco and we buy the box. It comes with 12 cans. Okay. And we go through it so fast. (laughs) So it'll last you about a week. (laughs) Well, I'll do Spam and eggs with garlic fried rice because that's garlic fried rice is a Filipino thing, right? And, um, man, that's that's a good meal right there. So, But I grew up eating Spam because I'm a Filipino guy. So, And when I went to the islands for the first time and seeing it on menus, I was so excited. You know, especially in uh, in McDonald's. I think they also have Portuguese sausage. Yeah. Yes. We yeah. fell in love with Portuguese sausage, I think. I'm not. I always love the Hawaiian sweetbread. Yeah. But, uh, but our but, breakfast yeah, is we always got Portuguese, Portuguese sausage, sausage, eggs. Yeah. Yeah. So did that change your palate when you moved back here to Cali? Do you look for, do you seek out plate lunches or... Hawaiian do, barbecue okay. or anything like that. I do miss the garlic shrimp, though. Yeah, I do too. Do you know a place where we can get it here in Cali? Okay, so actually, uh, we had it last night. Uh, last night? No, Wednesday night. Wednesday night? When we go to Disneyland? Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday. have you been to the Anaheim Packing House? Yeah. Okay, there's a Vietnamese place downstairs. I don't know what it's called, but it's downstairs. They have um, the uh, garlic uh, shrimp there. It's a little bit different. It's fried, but it's still covered in garlic. So it's not like the pick and peel thing. Yeah. But it's it still pretty good. The pick and peel thing is awesome. So there's a couple things. So, okay, 
Two scoops of white rice and mac salad. Yeah. I'm going to say something that you guys are just... I hesitate to say this. You guys are going to make fun of me. That's okay. But I love the Giovanni's shrimp truck. No, I mean... Yeah. This is iconic. Yeah, I know it's a tourist trap. I know it's a tourist trap, but... Do you I've, get the regular or do you get the spicy one? I've had both. I like both. Now... When my wife and I go to bed, we sit on our laptops and we do our social media and other stupid stuff. Like she goes on Amazon. Maybe I go on Amazon. I do YouTube or whatever. And one time I was craving the Giovanni's before I went to bed. And while I was sitting on my laptop, I booked us a trip to Oahu just so we could go get it because I was craving it. And I'll be honest with you, I've been to... I've been to other islands. I've been to Maui multiple times. I've been to Kauai multiple times. And I've not found anybody who's had the same garlic shrimp the way they did it at Giovanni's in Oahu. So am I wrong about that? Am I missing something? No, I think, I mean, I had students of mine, former students that for high school graduation went to Hawaii to celebrate. And they're like, oh, I want to get dinner with you. And they had told me when I we were moving to Hawaii, you need to go to Giovanni's. So I picked so them up. you drove all the way up there. Yeah, I picked them up in Waikiki. And I drove them all the way up to North Shore. And it's farther from where you guys live. Yeah, so I drove from Eva <laughs> you Beach. You guys are Eva Beach. I drove Eva Beach to Waikiki. That's like the farthest point. Yeah. If you look at like a square, it's this corner opposite to the other corner. And to the Hilton Village. Yeah. So I had to like yeah. go into Waikiki. Like not just like, okay, meet me here. No, so I drove from Eva Beach all, all the way to Waikiki, Waikiki and then all the way to North no Shore. But these, I love them. I would say stupid fools, but I love, I love them. <laughs> they're, you know, they're, I, I love all my students. They were idiots when they're in eighth grade. Were you disappointed when you had, when you had the, the, or were you blown away when you had the shrimp? I the think first we, time I had it, I was blown away. I think we've been lucky because every time we've gone, the line's never been super long. Me too. Me too. And if the I've line, I've never had to stand in line. I think if the line was really, 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 really long, it might change my perception. Of okay. It. I I think yeah. the most I've had to wait was, and I've been there multiple times. I think maybe one or two people in front of me, and that's it. And then somehow, like, he stands in line for it, and I, like, scout the picnic tables. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I, like, run down people. I'm like, no, that table's mine. Every time I've been there, I was the only one there. Really? Yeah. Maybe one other table, and that was it. And then I think this- it's so iconic now that you probably won't be that lucky. But- maybe. And then, yeah. And now, but now, like, the bus, when it pulls up to, like, all the tourists come pouring. Oh, they got buses going there now? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that would turn me off. So I'd probably look for another spot. I think Noah said Romy's. Yes. Uh, he says that farm. He says that they farm their own shrimp, unlike Giovanni's, where they, f- they use frozen shrimp. So I'm curious. When I went to Maui, we tried a few spots. I was... It scratched the itch, but it didn't satisfy the palate. When I went to Kauai, we there was a truck in Poipo Beach that had some. And it was close, but it was not exact. So, I could, you know, you have that exact flavor in your mouth, right? Like you, you the brain, like the human yeah. body is like so smart. Like it <laughs> remembers, right? It knows like, yeah, this is close, but it's not exactly what it what it was. And I've been chasing that flavor ever since. And so I'm curious. You said here in Cali, you said so Anaheim the, Packing District, the Vietnamese restaurant. Is there any place 
any other place well, that, that you know. Well, but that one's different because it's fried. Yeah, see, that's totally different. But the, and if it's not peeled, it's so like, and the way that they do their shrimp, it's so fluffy, right? So it's like split down the spine, yeah. and it's so fluffy. Like I don't even know how to cook shrimp like that, right? Where where it's split on the spine, it's so spread apart. Like the peels are so the yeah. skin, the the shell is so spread apart. Because I think the only like pick and peel shrimp places we go to are yeah, the Cajun the, crab boil type yeah places, like the so. Korean ones the crab boil kicking crab but they don't do it that way no, no it's different it's, it's different because we have a kicking crab here in Corona and we order there all the time and they don't have yeah. shrimp like that I it's think that if somebody opened a place like that out here in Cali that'd be a million dollar business it would that'd be a million dollar business I might have to look into that now there you go. And I'm, I'm in with you. If you're doing it, we're doing it. We're doing it. But I feel like I don't have any someone. investment money, but... I know, neither do I, but it's a <laughs> but great idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that I said would be a million-dollar business here in Southern California. So if there was a place that did Texas barbecue in Cali, that would be a million-dollar business. There's another million-dollar business idea I in Cali, right? Absolutely. So... My favorite place is we have Dickies, which is kind of, again, mm. it scratches the itch, but it doesn't satisfy the palate. It's, 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 it's good enough. But my favorite place in Texas was Rudy's. I was going to say, Rudy's is probably the best barbecue I've ever had. And it started, you know, it started at a gas station. Well, they still have them. So, mm. like, if you go to, for example, in Austin... They're still at they they have a gas station. Yes, it's it's an actual gas station, and you pull yeah. up and but fill the up gas the car station doesn't really use like I mean ninety percent of their business is barbecue, the barbecue <laughs> right? But it's fantastic. <laughs> but it's 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 glorious. I remember going in there for the first time in this long ass line, and they put a piece of paper on this tray, and they would just portion out all the barbecue. In stacks, right? So I'd get some brisket, and I'd get some ribs, and I'd get burnt ends. And then they'd say, would you like some bread with that? And I was like, yeah, I'll take some bread. And they'd give me half a loaf of bread. They'd open like a new loaf of bread. And they'd give me half the loaf and put it on the tray. And maybe I'd get some coleslaw and some corn. And, and on a tray, right? There's no plates. You're eating off the tray. Yep. And I thought, wow, I remember eating this thing, and I thought, if somebody opened one of these in Cali, they'd be a millionaire because we don't have that, mm-hmm. right? I know some guys from Texas. I know quite a few guys from Texas. And I have a retired dad that loves the barbecue. There we go. There we go. Yeah. He's so in we're Arizona. Doing, so we're doing that. Texas barbecue and garlic shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> what a combination. But seriously speaking, I mean, what are the things in the island that you miss? Do you miss the gas station spamasubis? <laughs> Well, I have an electric car, so I don't miss gas stations you don't at miss all. Gas station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw think, the I saw the Tesla outside. So. <laughs> I think I miss all the fresh fish and yes. just being like like the ahi and the poke. the poke. That's that's the other thing is going to the gross grocery store and buying poke by the pound mm-hmm. and seeing like twenty different varieties of poke. Yeah, do you want, you want the shoyu poke? You want the traditional? Yeah. Do you want the the sriracha uh, the mayo. Sriracha mayo. Uh, do you want octopus poke? Do you, you want ahi poke? Last time I was in Hawaii was in Maui in 2019. 
and because 2020 was blown out, right, because of COVID. And we'd go to Kihei, uh, the food line in Kihei, and we'd buy poke and I'd eat the whole fucking bag, right? <laughs> so like, or the, the little tub. And I couldn't decide. You know, you'd go in there and I, I used to, that's another thing. I think like, God, I wish they did this on the mainland. Because you go to the grocery stores and you get fried chicken. Right? Yeah. Right? Yep. You go to Albertsons, you get fried chicken, the fries, the fried potatoes, and whatever's at the deli counter, you know, maybe mac salad, salad, maybe pasta salad, yeah. some kind of coleslaw or whatever's there. Yeah, like seafood salad, which is made with artificial crab. And um, the island food is, I, again, I think that there's enough people on the mainland that you could have something really be viable. There are some options. Uh, I think uh, is it the California Fish Grill is that. Well, uh, that's not the same. It's, I mean, like, it's not the same. Like at the, all. It's, it's the whole concept of like a, a Whole Foods where you go up to the counter, yeah. but it's all island. Like yeah. for so we West Side, they opened up a brand new um, food land in Kapolei. Okay. It is. At first, I thought you were saying West Side here, California. Oh no, no, no sorry, West Side yeah. Yeah. Hawaii in yeah. Kapolei. They yeah. opened a brand new food, food land, land, and it was. It was it's restaurant, unbelievable. But we only got to, oh, I only got to enjoy it for like a whopping. Maybe two months? Two, yeah. Because yeah. we make reservations online and then COVID, so we're all like. How many grocery stores have a full bar in them? Right. And did this they have was, that there? They did. I mean, the Whole Foods, most Whole Foods have like a brewery counter now where you can. But the Foodland food in like Kapolei and the Foodland in Waikiki that's attached to Ala Moana. They had the wine bar and the charcuterie and all that. But the one in Kapolei, because we learned that each food land is different. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. So each food land, so they have their generic, was it the maka, whatever their like name brand was, but whatever region on the island or even a different island, the food lands have different things. So is there a local... If you go from island to island, is there a local palette for each island? I think the palette's pretty similar across most islands. They, uh, with the plantation past of the islands, you have very similar blending of cultures between the, the Chinese, Japanese, uh, Filipino, Portuguese. Uh, Portuguese. But the food land, would it be the, you're saying it's different? Well, they, they say, I don't know, my, Mom read an article about it and then sent it to me, but I don't know. I don't think we're the best experts to ask on that since um, we. It was pretty new by the time we. But left. I know that like certain food lands that if you went to like oh I really like this here if you went to the one in Kailua they might not have it. Okay. Or if you went to the one in Wailea you know on Maui they might not have it. But is that because it's regional? So they're they're catering to. Whoever lives in that particular area. I think so. Okay. I don't... I mean, you could get other fresh snack items, too, of, uh, like, cultural fusion dishes, like bao buns. Um, yeah. Um, you know, so has your... Kind of okay, so may, this might be a bad question because you're married to somebody that is also Asian. But did your palate change after living in the island? Um... Or did you already have that? Because you talked about, you just said bao buns. So 
was that something that existed in your in your um, in your wheelhouse before you moved to the islands, or was that something that became part of your lexicon after having lived there? Uh, so, I'm probably not the right person to ask that question because uh, I eat just about everything. Okay, uh, and in the you eat balut? Uh, not anymore. But uh, you did. I had it once. Once, okay. Uh, in Korea. Uh, oh, in Korea of all places. Yes, uh, there's uh, a Filipino bar. Uh, that uh, my squadron uh, is actually attached to the operations in Korea, the Air Force operations there in Korea, and uh, Songtan Village, and it's a, a basically a westernized strip of uh, uh, the street outside Osan Air Base. Okay, that uh, is in the Greater Seoul metropolitan area, and uh, there's a, a Filipino. Uh, a couple who opened a restaurant there and some of the guys from the uh, squadron's detachment that's out there in Hawaii uh, tricked me into eating <laughs> because I didn't know what it was at the time and well, like, yeah, I'll tricked. try anything once. Uh, I mean, I've been through survival school and all that. And yeah, yeah. I know that sometimes you uh, just have to eat because okay, that's what's so, available. Well, what, what was your thought? Well, what, what did you think about it? Uh, I was not I was not prepared, not knowing that it was fermented uh, egg. Okay. And it's a fertilized duck yeah. egg. So, did you like it? Not particularly. You didn't like it. No. Okay. Okay. But that's rare for me to say that I didn't really like something. Okay. All right. I, I'm also not really a fan of uh, pate or foie gras. Okay. Uh, from that's fair. French cuisine. That's fair. Uh, I just don't like the way that it sits in my stomach after that's fine. I eat it. Yeah. So. So uh, what I tell people, have you had balut? Okay. So what I say, and that's a fair answer, and so I'm, I 100% accept that. What I tell people is that balut in a lot of ways is a you versus yourself moment because for those that are scared of it, once they have it, they realize many times, I don't speak for everybody, but they realize many times that it just tastes like a hard-boiled egg, which is the you versus yourself mode. Because I live a lot by that you versus yourself kind of thing, right? That the, the, the person who's going to keep you from achieving this particular level is typically not your peer. It's, it's typically you, you right? And the, the person who's going to keep you from doing that thing, whatever it is, whether it's a bungee jump or whether it's eating balut. It's not the person who's telling you not to do it because the person who's standing next to you is probably egging you on. It's probably you who's telling you not to do it. So that's a you versus yourself moment. So I do this thing at Tiki Tea every year on my birthday where I would bring a flat of balut. It's typically 24 pieces. The first time I did it, Tiki Tea opens at 4 o'clock and the last piece would not be eaten until about 10 or 11 p.m. And now when I do it, the last piece is eaten at about 4.20 because the people who do it know that like, oh, this is my birthday tradition and, you know, I'll bring it in and my friends will do it because they're my friends. And they curse me and they say, fuck, I fucking hate doing this fucking balut <laughs> and every year. But they do it because they know that like it's really in your head. It's really not that. Well, maybe you didn't like it, but... It's a you versus yourself moment. And I, I live by that mantra a lot. And, and that's my way of kind of like getting people to like, hey, you know what? 
you're talking yourself out of this because everybody around you is telling you, yeah, let's do this, let's do this, right? So we do it and they say, oh, that actually just tastes like a hard boiled egg. So now these days, if I bring in a flat, it's gone in 20, 30 minutes because I bring it in and everybody in the bar is like, oh yeah, so it's his birthday, let's go do this, let's go outside. We take the flat outside, everybody grabs an egg, we, do, we take a photo, we do the balloon, and it's all done, right? Where before it was like, I need, can somebody give me a shot? Can somebody <laughs> like, let's put some hot sauce on it. Let's like, and it would take like six hours before the whole flat was gone, you know? But um, I don't know how we got on that. But, um, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. I, I, I have no issues with that, you know? But my mind is like, hey, just give it a shot. You you know, might you not never know what you're missing out yeah. if you don't try it. Yeah, you never know. So, like, so the fact that you even tried it is kind of a cool thing to me. Yeah. So that's why I asked if you, if you liked it, because you said you tried it. So I thought, oh, so do you like it? And I know I'm rambling, but like for myself, look, I only have it on my birthday. I don't seek it out. I don't say like, hey, you guys want to get some balloon tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out. Come Let's on. go get some. You know. Let's get some I mean, balloons. like, I know where to go get some, but I don't do it. You know. And for the record, in the Philippines, you know, here in the United States, or typically, specifically California and LA specifically, maybe even San Diego, you walk outside of a bar, and there's either a hot dog cart or a taco cart. Mm-hmm. That's how it is in LA, yeah. right? Hot dogs after bacon. Right, wrapped in bacon. Dogs. Danger Cook, dogs. Cooked on yeah. top of a baking pan with a sterno, like underneath. Cooked it. on top of like like uh-huh. a steel like. Oh, I saw them when Cart. they came out of the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they just basically put aluminum foil, uh-huh. and then they use a propane tank underneath, and they have a makeshift kind of like, you know, heating element for it, and they cook it on that. It, there's there's a guy outside the Tiki Tea who does that. Uh, so it's either that or it's either a taco cart, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Philippines, it's a blue cart. So if you go to, like, the bar district, if you look down the street, every bar has got a blue cart in front. Because that's drinking food over there. So people Hmm. walk out of the bar, they're drunk, they do a balut, you know. It's not weird there because it's part of the culture. And, you know, for me, yeah, I I was born in the Philippines but raised in California. So it's weird for me because I'm Californian, right? But it's something that I've introduced to my bar friends because that's part of bar culture in the Philippines. And, again, it's a you versus yourself moment. So. Yeah, so if I had some right now, we'd crack one open. So, <laughs> but I'm not gonna go get one. But I probably curse you for it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, what is it that you miss most about Hawaii? Yeah. Aside from the weather. Yeah, the weather. Um, I miss my work schedule. <laughs> is it more laid back? I got out of school at one fifty. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Wow. Well, okay, so the students left at 150, and then, not putting Hawaii public education down, but students left at 150, teachers left at 250. And then I, we lived a half a mile from the school that I taught at. So as I'm getting in the car, hey, can you make me this? And then when I got home, the drink wasn't like that. time waiting on the counter oh, for or something it. like that. And the sun was still out, whereas, you know, here. Yeah, on a long summer day, you still had a whole day in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys... This is such a cliche question, but did you adapt the lifestyle? Did you start surfing? We did not surf. Oh, you didn't? We joked about it, saying like, oh, we should take surfing lessons. 
And then we, I think we were talking about maybe trying it, but then COVID. COVID, yeah. Yeah, one Just, of one of actually the guys uh, that I'm good friends with from my Air Force squadron, uh, he brought his family out to Hawaii uh, on some long-term orders, and um, and he loved to surf. So yeah. he actually he'd been in Hawaii previously, uh, and his surfboard was still already there. So. Uh, oh, I'm sure if we'd stayed out there, we'd be surfing with uh, with him uh, down on the Gold Coast, uh, enjoying the beautiful, beautiful sunsets around Waikiki. Do you see yourself going back to live? Yeah, we've talked about it, but I think if we were to move back, I mean, financially, Oahu makes sense for us, but we would love to move to Maui. Probably Maui, yeah. We did, so ironically, we did our honeymoon from Oahu to Maui. Oh, you did? Okay. And so we uh, stayed in Wailea and the resorts down there. And just spending the whole, essentially a week in Maui, we just loved it. I I love Maui. Oahu, I've always said, is is a great island because you can have everything there. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can have the city. You can have the country, right up country, North Shore. Yes. You can have uh, old Hawaii. You can have new Hawaii. Um, everything is on Oahu. But, you know, we've been, like I said before, Oahu multiple times, Maui multiple times, Kauai mo- multiple times. At one point we talked about, oh, maybe we could retire in Kauai because life is slower in Kauai. But I think Maui is a nice mix of the two. Especially Absolutely. Kihei, because yes. you can have everything in Kihei. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Kihei is great. Kihei is awesome. I love Kihei. And Maui, you can have the same things. You can have upcountry. You can have North Shore Hana, right? Mm-hmm. You can have um, you can have the city. You can have the lava fields and the beaches and all, all the same things. And what's great about the Hawaiian Islands is every island has its own personality. Yes, absolutely. Everyone's just a little bit different. I can't imagine that you wouldn't think about ever going back because I it would be I think it would spoil me having lived there. Not not just the scenery and I mean the lifestyle, you know, all of that. It really was great. Um, At least mentally, I think. With everybody being, for the most part, everybody being much more relaxed, and and that's saying something from being from California, where everybody's pretty chill as it is, but it's even more laid back. Um, yeah. And the aloha spirit for a lot of people is a real thing. So yeah, yeah. people are very generous. Uh, it's a lot about being gracious to one another. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. just um, being. Uh, grateful for what you have and who's around you. What have you adapted in your current life that you learned from living in the islands? For me, I would say living with more gratitude, just not taking the small things for granted uh, and being grateful for the opportunities that present themselves, looking for opportunities Uh, and not getting discouraged when things don't go right. Okay. I think for me, um, teaching in Yorba Linda in a private school and then teaching in Hawaii public school, just 
I think the gratitude being grateful for certain things. I saw a lot of things that I never thought I would see as a teacher. Um, and just, I, I love those children that I met in Hawaii. Yeah. I, I absolutely love them. And um, to get a, a handwritten card versus yeah, a Nordstrom gift yeah, card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just they, they were so sad. So different. I, I didn't get to actually say goodbye to them because of mm, distance learning yeah. and all of that. Um, but I have a teacher Instagram and all that, and a bunch of them messaged me like, oh my God, you left. We didn't get to say goodbye. And um, I just, I feel like the very, very short time I had with them, I don't know. I don't know if it was just because it's middle school or whatever, but I I truly loved teaching in Hawaii public schools. Yeah, it, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's I mean it's not like LUSD. It's very different. Yeah. Um, especially being someone from the mainland, um, teaching there. So, but I think I had a little in with my Japanese background. <laughs> yeah. And about the two and a half two and a half years just flew right by. It didn't seem like it was going that fast until it was over. Until it was over. <laughs> until yeah. it was over, and uh, probably about uh, I think about maybe forty five days. After, um, after I was back, I was like, "Man, it's getting dark out at right. five fifteen. Right? Uh, um, you know, uh, just uh, just the the differences of everything, and um, yeah, just missing the life that we had uh, well, out I think there. But for our situation, it was very unique because of COVID. We didn't have that closure." Yeah. We didn't yeah. get to say goodbye, goodbye to all of our friends. That's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, Skull and Crown was closed. A lot closed, of the, our yeah, favorite yeah. restaurants yeah. were closed, so we didn't get to go there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only people that we really saw were our like, what's the word? I can't think. Quarantine pod quad like right, little right, bubble right, that right, we had right. that just helped us clean the uh, drain the bottles and clear yeah. out the bar. Yeah. But that was it, and I just, yeah, I mean, I think. The whole island style, oh, wow, that sounds like my head, island lifestyle and the you know, aloha and all that. We just, it was unique for us yeah, just yeah. because of 2020 COVID. Yeah, 2020, man. It, it really, and it hit the island hard. Yeah, yeah. It was actually kind of weird because for the longest time, uh, the numbers were so low. It was like nothing was happening at all. And, and then I got started getting really worried that I wasn't going to be able to leave. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh, at that point, we'd already sold the house, so we we're closing, and I was like, "Where am I going to live?" That's that's a scary thought. But wow. uh, uh, we were lucky enough that uh, <laughs> I got a two stars signature uh, on an exemption to be able to move. Okay. <laughs> so I could come back and and not have to spend another three months or more away from her. So. Well, and yeah. I think the reaction to the lockdown too in hawaii it was very hard in the beginning and then they relaxed and the numbers went skyrocketing and then that's when we were trying to move wow wow yeah i mean it's different when it's an island right it's very different i mean we were freaking out i was freaking out when the like day whatever they're like oh 30 positive cases of covid yeah yeah. The whole estate, not Oahu, 30. And I'm like, oh, 30. And I then, know. and I was so clueless to California, even though I knew we were moving to California. And then I pull up California. It's like, you know, 
And that's where you're going. And then I'm like looking up Orange County and all that. I'm like, oh, oh are we making a good decision? That's hilarious. I know. You, you never know. I mean, this, you, you try to plan, right? You, you just never know. Yeah. So, wow. Okay, so before we wrap, I want to ask you guys some questions that I ask to all of my guests. These are my favorite questions. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you've probably heard these. So I'm going to start with asking you a superpower question. If you could have any superpower, oh, what would you choose? And I'm going to help you along the way. So here are some of the answers that I've had. I, I used know, to always say for myself, I used to always say I'd like to be able to eat whatever I want to eat without gaining weight. That's a <laughs> good one. That's a great one. But I've also heard from people that I've asked this to. One person said, and he said this without a beat, he without hesitation, he said, teleporting and I said really and I said that's a great answer where does that come from and he's at the time he had a long-distance relationship he lived down here in West Covina and he had a girlfriend that lived up in I think it was Vallejo which for people that are not familiar with the distance it's about 400 miles and so it's just north of the bay right yeah. right it's in the northeast corner of the bay area and they would travel to see each other every weekend and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, whether I drive or fly, it's a pain in the ass to get up there. So it'd be awesome to just teleport, blink my eyes or whatever, and then be there. And I thought, oh, if I had the power of teleporting, I could go to Giovanni's for lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I could be back home for pick up my kids from whatever, right? Or I could go to the Mai Kai for happy hour. Or I could go to Skull and Crown tonight. Right, we could go out there, have some drinks with Noah, and then still come home, and then you could still like get in your car and be like, "Hey, man, that was fun. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week or whatever." Right. So that was one answer that I got. Another answer I got from somebody was, "This is a person that used to travel a lot. She lives in Germany, and uh, she's a very good friend of mine. I want to shout her out right now. Her name is Rena Bambina. So she's a very good friend, and she loves. She used to travel a lot prior to the pandemic." And she said to me, I'd love to be able to speak any language. So wherever I go in the world, I can meet strangers, talk to people, communicate. And I thought, oh, that's a great answer. And along that line, someone said to me, I'd love to be able to talk to my pets. And I have <laughs> I have three cats, right? Do you guys have pets? We have a little sure. dog. A little dog. You have a dog. So wouldn't it be awesome to wonder what to, to be able to thinking, ask him what he's yeah. thinking, right? Or she's thinking. And so there's there's a there's a few answers to kind of like string you along, you know. So if you guys could pick any superpower, well, you stole my thunder because I was going to say teleportation. That's great. Uh, I you know I love traveling so much, and there's just so much out in the world to see. Right. So uh, if so, let's say right now, let's say you have the power of teleportation. And I know where you go. Whether you would go by yourself or you could take us, where would we go? Right now. Uh, right Friday night, now. Aloha Friday. Uh, Aloha Friday. Uh, I would probably actually settle for Smuggler's Cove. Yeah, that'd be in good. San Francisco. Oh, really? That's I a good answer. I thought you would have gone to your parents. Uh, well, yeah. At this point, well, he's taking us though. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they have a great bar too. And okay, then we go right. to Three Dots. And Three Dots. We could. Okay. We could go to Three Dots and a Dash down in Chicago. Okay. Uh, but uh, 
uh, yeah, I would probably say uh, maybe maybe we'll make it more general and say San Francisco. So we can go to Pagan Idol. We can go to uh, Forbidden Island. We can go to Smuggler's Cove. We can do a bar crawl. Uh, we can go to Trader Vic's. Fr- Friday night bar crawl. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, like, you know, three three drinks at each place. We might all die. But. Oh my God, <laughs> three drinks at each. All right, Liz. Oh, I don't know. Um, um. I mean, like, part of me is like, I don't know, like, never have to do the dishes again. But then I'm like, that's what a dishwasher is for. You mean that's what you have me for? And that too. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Ugh. Super strength, super speed. I've had people say stuff like, "Oh, I'd love to be invisible." I, I mean, like this is a this is a question to me that's like, you know, someone said oh, I would love to fly, but I thought like, oh, think outside the box. I mean, like those all our superheroes can do that stuff, right? They can fly, they can be invisible, they can throw fire, you know, they can read minds. I don't think I'd want to read minds. I don't know if I'd want to. I don't want to read minds. I wouldn't want to know what people thinking. are thinking. No, I don't right? want to read minds. Right? Because ignorance is bliss. Yes. yes. Right. So. All right, should we come back to that? Yeah, let me, I'm going to keep on thinking. Okay, so let's go to the next question. So another question I love to ask, if you could choose to spend time with anyone, real or fictitious, dead or alive, who would you choose? Now, I'll give you some, also some aids to help you with this. I think it'd be fun to try and travel with Marty McFly. I think it'd be fun to train with Bruce Lee. So one is fictitious, one has passed. I think it would be neat to sit down with my great, 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 I don't know how many generations, grandfather, and learn about my family. I think it'd be cool to, I don't know, hang out with The Rock, He's, he's real. He's not dead. Um, maybe it'd be cool to hang out with Trader Vic or Don the Beachcomber. Those are all interesting. So, dead or alive, real or fictitious, who would you choose? Are we picking one for each category or just in just general? Just pick one. Just pick one. Well, I know who your, your dead one would be. Who's my dead one? Your grandmother. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I want my grandmother to meet him. She passed away right, right before um, I met him. So, okay. and I was. I love that. That's, that's such a wholesome answer. I love that, and dude. You got to feel good about that. How do you feel about that? That makes me feel awesome. I I was lucky enough to to meet her godfather, who it was also basically her grandfather. Uh, not not really by blood, but essentially the role of her uh, grandfather. What a great answer! And, and right before he passed and. I know how much that meant to her. He actually, uh, well, not to be morbid, sad and but, morbid, but yeah. he met Chris, he, gave him my, his blessing, and then he passed away the next day. Oh. So that oh. helped uh, a lot with my standing. <laughs> it didn't help. I mean, it helped, too, that they had the same last name. So I, Oh, really? He <laughs> just yeah. didn't spell it right. Oh, <laughs> but I, I was... Um, I'm the youngest grandchild, um, and then when I moved out to California, my grandmother lived in San Diego, and so um, when I moved out here in 2008, I spent as much time as I could with her. Okay. Um, 
especially learning her cooking, her recipes. Oh, I love that. Because she didn't write them down, you know. So do you think that maybe a day cooking with your grandmother? Well, I did that, and it was really okay. bad. Oh, it was. Okay. Because she said, I go, how much? I don't know. They all say that. Yeah. That's the thing oh. is that, oh, and here's the thing. So when my son first moved out of the house like four years ago, he asked me to teach him some of the meals that we cook because I'm the cook in the house, right? And I cook a lot of Filipino food. And so he's like, oh, I want to learn how to make this and how to make that. Can you show me? Said, yeah, sure. And we stood in front of the stove and he's like, how much of that? And I'm like, ah, about this much. And he's like, can you give me a number? Because he's trying to take notes, right? And I'm like, that's how she it's was. all my feel. And he's just, yeah, and right? she stands in the stove. Little this, little that. <laughs> right? yeah. I will say that I probably taught him how to cook rice the correct way. Oh, yes. good. How do you measure your rice? How do you measure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. buddy, buddy. All right. So for those who do not see what we're doing, you measure by the finger. You measure by the line on your finger. That's right. So we had the rice cooker, and I was cleaning. I showed him how to clean the rice mm-hmm. and all that. And he goes, "How much water do we measure?" I go, "No, no. <laughs> Put your finger in there. Filipinos do that yep. too." And then right. we watched it on that Netflix. Joe Coy. Joe Coy. Yes. Yeah, see? He does the same thing, right? We yep. were that's, laughing. Yeah, and that's then true. I was laughing too, because I don't know if you, but my grandparents had the 50 pound bag of rice. I would do that. And they put it in the trash. I got, I got a dispenser out there that has the three buttons. Oh, my So it's gra- a one cup, two cup, three cup. My but grandmother that, had that. But then when we, the first time he went grocery shopping with me, I go, we need to get rice. And he grabs the little, like, <laughs> Uncle go, Ben's. No, so he brought the, <laughs> okay. I was using Shiki, but he got the little thing. I go, no, no, no. Yeah. That's like the five pound bag. We need the big one on the bottom. We need the big one. And he's like, the 15. Minimum, minimum 25. <laughs> oh, see, we only we'll need a 15 on the yeah. island. Well, it's just the two of us. So. Yeah. Uh, I go, well, if no. it's only two of you, 15 will work. Yeah. And then he yeah. goes, what are we going to put that in? I go, oh, I have a container. Yeah, and he you goes, gotta what? Get that. Yeah. I go, it's the dog food container <laughs> that's in the cabinet. Well, I've never used a dog food container. That's what I use. It's big. Tupperware thing with a closable lid. I have a rice container yeah. that has, like I said, the buttons on it with a little tray so that it measures out. But another common thing that, like for this is the Filipino side, they use a, a, a recycled Vienna sausage can. Okay. Which is equivalent to about a cup. And so they'll use that as their measuring device right i have the one but then you use the water you do you put you dip your finger in the water to the first line on Mm -hmm. your knuckle and that's how much water you're supposed to put yeah so i was very proud i taught him that awesome yeah so i love it i I use it all the time though i love it so all right do we get an answer or are we coming back to that one too no i said my grandmother grandmother okay what about you chris I know uh, I would love to make some of these drinks with my grandfather uh, the one who I I wholesome answers I love it I love it. He was just such an exuberant personality. He, the short. Yeah, short squat. Uh, my dad's father. Uh, you you could not go into the grocery store without him talking to yeah. at least 25 people. Oh, I love that. So a five-minute trip to go grab something off the shelf turned into a hour-long adventure where you're like, you know, I'm 10 years old at the time, and I'm like, I just want to go back home and sit on the couch and watch yeah, TV. Yeah, or, yeah, but uh, but now being in the position that I'm in, uh, I know he, yeah. he would have loved some of these drinks and and just the sharing the time uh, like I do with my my own dad. That's uh, the thing is that the sharing the time thing. Like for, for our listeners out there that don't know, this is the first time we've met. We've never met before. Yes, and I love this. This is. 
the one of the things that I love most about the podcast is having people in my bar, making new friends, getting to know them, learning about their lives, their likes, dislikes, their idiosyncrasies, their histories, all that stuff. This is what I, this is to me, this is what life is all about. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Okay. So are you guys okay with these questions? Should, yeah. should we keep yeah. going? Sure. Okay. So if you could travel anywhere in time, when would you go? So here's my answer. I would love to be sitting at the bar when Ray made his mistake. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> There's another one. I'd love to be sitting at the bar when Trader Vic's made his my time. I would love to be sitting at the bar on the first day that Don the Beachcomber opened his Don's Beachcomber Cafe. The day after Prohibition uh, ended. I don't know if like they're all bar stories. I don't know if that means, says something about me, but but you know these are all historic things in the world that I enjoy. If you could travel anywhere in time, where would you go? For me, that's a really tough question uh, because I'm a historian. Uh, by degree, at least. Okay. Uh, and um, there's a number of different periods that I've always been really intrigued by, especially like uh, ancient Egyptian and Roman histories, ancient Greece, uh, just the uh, the lasting things that they left on the earth that we still know so little about. Um, uh, just seeing the ruins, um, being to Rome. Uh, couple of years ago now and seeing just the layers upon layer in the different city from the Roman era to the Byzantine era to the modern era where the you know, essentially the city raises itself from the ground up about yeah. 20 feet over time with everything being built up on top of what was there before um, but the fact that it's still there and to learn about those um, you know Pompeii was uh, one of the coolest architectural things I've yeah, ever seen yeah, in my life. Yeah. And there's still like probably five, six of it. That Do you want to tell Pompeii before the volcano? Yes. Okay. I, I don't think I want to be there when it That would be your... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So right. I, I'd say either... Because they all yeah. got buried. Right? <laughs> I'd say either ancient Egypt or uh, ancient Rome. Okay. Me? Yeah. Oh, uh, me? I mean, I would want to go to opening day at Disneyland. Oh, oh, that's a great one. Great one. Because we—I've just... never heard that. So we just went to. Okay, so we I, just... I hear about stories of like people that were the asphalt wasn't even dry. Yeah. So we watched yeah. a documentary. So we watched like everything on Disney Plus during this whole thing. There's a documentary about the opening days. Yeah. And how the asphalt. But we just went on Wednesday, um, and. We've never gone on a lot of the rides in Star Wars, the okay. Galaxy's Edge, and just kind of experiencing it for yeah, the first... Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. remember my first time anymore, because I've been so many. I was a little kid. I was little, too, and I just... I came out to California every year to visit my family, and it was either you went to Knott's Berry Farm or we went to Disneyland, but I would love to be there on opening day and just see... That's a great one. Wow. that You're the first person who's ever said that. That's a fantastic answer. That's but a great I just, answer. I love Disney, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, she turned me into a Disney person. Oh, okay. I, right. I was not a Disney person uh, before. By way of Trader uh, Sam's, right? That is correct. <laughs> uh, she left me uh, unattended, we'll say, uh, at Trader Sam's for about a three-hour stretch. And when she came back, uh, me and all my was friends, best friends with everybody, in the sinking chair too. Uh, yes, I was. Well, were you in a sinking chair? chair? You were in a sinking chair. The very first experience. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's hilarious. 
you know, I got up to about neck level. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what the hell is wrong with this chair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. With Ramon, like, right? The, yeah. bar, the bar's up here. The bar right? was at my chin. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm six feet tall. What happened? I was at like mid chest level when I sat down. I Something's love that. going on. I love that. All right. But yeah, Ramon, uh, Ramon took good care of me uh, at Disneyland. So, uh, one more question. Can I ask one more question? Go right ahead. All right. Uh, so, last question. Let's let's wrap it up with one more question. What's on your bucket list? I feel like we have this like never-ending bucket list. Well, it keeps growing. I know, because I know like you, like I've been to Japan. He's been to Japan, but we've never been together. together. Oh, really? So I went. So my family's from west side of Japan, Totori, like near um, the sand dunes. Okay. So I actually got to go and see where my grandfather lived and oh, all that. Oh, yeah. But then he went to Okinawa and you went to. Uh, I also went to. Why haven't you gone together? Why, why did you go separate? So I went with my family. Okay. Um, before I met him. And then he went with work. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. But then we've never gone together. Yeah. And I've talked so much about my experience. So my uncle is into bonsai. Uh, not into. He's, he's a bonsai master. He's, he's like a guy. He's yeah. like the guy, right? Yes. Um, and so when we went, we actually had land. And my grandfather owned land. And when my grandfather passed, we thought by rule it went to my uncle. But okay. my uncle didn't want the land. But turned out it was my grandmother's because they recognized my grandparents' marriage in Japan. I don't know. It was some fiasco. So we had to go out there to sell the land and oh, get rid of it. Interesting. Um, and the cousins didn't want it. It was really sad, actually. Our whole family's history got, like, yeah, destroyed. Yeah, yeah, But So I went out, but my uncle, because he said, if I go, I'm going to take you everywhere. Yeah. So, and he speaks Japanese, and we had a translator, too, because he can't read it, but um, someone with us. Do you speak Japanese? I speak food. Okay. Do you understand Japanese? No. Okay. So I just know Yakamashi. Okay. Which is you making too much noise. Urusai. Oh, like. Okay. is pain in the ass. Okay. Uh, things you know, grandparents tell grandchildren when they're loud okay. and annoying okay. in the kitchen. And then my middle name is Sachiko. <laughs> okay. Um, and then obviously I, I know like Konnichiwa, Domo Arigato, and you know just all the basic words. But yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm I did sure like I did like Tokyo, Kyoto, um, and then my family's. I gotta stay I with my I speak family. sushi. Yeah. I love unagi. <laughs> so, have you adopted a lot of the Japanese culture because of Liz? Um, not. Uh, uh, I mean, I was always accepting of it. Uh, I don't really. Adopt do you identify? Do you identify with it at all? I do appreciate the way that uh, there's. It's a culture of respect. Okay. Uh, especially for elders. Um, which, um, my personal opinion, m- might be to a fault in some ways, but, uh, but in a lot of ways it is a good thing because it reminds us that there's a lot of things we can learn from them sure. uh, because of all the experiences they've had throughout their lives. Yeah. I'm just curious if, like, you know, just being around that, you know, um, like, do you get offended by maybe a, you know, like a, an offensive joke? No, no, he not actually at all. gets them now more. <laughs> he yeah. didn't get any of them, and then you know the bow short film. Yeah, we were watching it, and I'm sitting there, 
and I was like, oh, it's supposed to be really, really good. So we were watching and we're sitting there. And then all of a sudden I just turn and I look at it and go, why is this short film my life? Like when we told my mom we we're moving to Hawaii, she did the whole turnover in the bed, cried, like right, all that. Right, right. And so I think he understand, especially like the joy. There's like, a lot Joe of that Coy, that I understood. Like, he didn't understand. Yeah. Like even we watched like Ali, we went to go see Ali Wong. Wong. And I love Ali Wong. Ronnie Chang. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. I don't think he. Understood. Wait, did, was she pregnant when you saw her? No. <laughs> no. no. We saw her. At, we the. It was after. right after. Right after. Yeah. I'm curious how much you adapt of that because I know people that, like I have a very good friend who's Caucasian who's married to a Filipina, and he very much identifies with the Filipino culture. And he lived in the Philippines for three years, and, you know, I'm curious how much of that you've adopted I think from the Japanese I mean, not to speak for him, but I feel like my life situation is a lot different because my mom was born post-war. So my mom wasn't even true. I mean, yes, she was raised Japanese, but not like my mom can't speak Japanese at all. Okay. Because my grandparents thought being Japanese was bad after coming out of the internment camps and everything. So my mom's experience herself was very different. So we have a few things that we, she's like, oh, this is Japanese culture. And I go, mom, you never taught me that. And now that both my grandparents are gone too, there's no one really, that generation is all gone now. And so we don't really have that. Now we have my uncle, which my uncle, who's, not if if you listen to this uncle, sorry. Um, he doesn't understand the difference that we're Japanese Americans, and so like when we went to Japan, he was getting mad at us because we didn't do all the Japanese things. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, you didn't tell me. Right, right. So, in his defense, I understand his perspective, but in your defense, you know, as somebody who was born in Manila but came here when I was three years old. I grew up in Southern California not knowing how to speak the language because my parents didn't want me to be, I don't know, they wanted really, they wanted to meet me to assimilate, mm-hmm. right? So they wouldn't speak our native tongue at home. They spoke English so that I grew up speaking English because they wanted me to assimilate, mm-hmm. right? And later on in my adult life, I met people that, you know, friends of my mother's, for example, and they would ask me, do you speak the language? And I understood the language 100% because my, my parents still spoke it at home, but they didn't speak it to me. They spoke it to each other. So I understand what they're saying, but because they didn't speak it to me, I didn't speak back. I never developed speaking back, but I understood every word. And one of my mother's friends said to me, like, oh, get out of here. You should be ashamed that you don't know our language. And I thought, like, well, you know, that's a product of my upbringing because I was brought here and I was taught not to speak my native mm-hmm. tongue, yeah. you know. So, yeah, so uh, so I understand both sides, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. For me, it's... Uh, I understand that it's a, a different culture, and I, I completely respect that. But uh, there are times where I don't appreciate that card being played, uh, okay. where it's used more of uh, like a, a, a guilting of 
that's, well, this and is that's the way fair. that we do it. And, and that's like, fair. Well, okay, but we're not there. Yeah, so. and that's fair because I get that too. I get, I totally get that too. But I'm, I was curious if like, uh, if you took ownership, you know, so. Yeah, no, I, I definitely do. And uh, I, I think one of the greatest things that I've had in my life is being exposed to so many different people, so many different yeah. backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, I've lived in many different places across the U.S. thanks to my military service. Uh, I've you know, experienced, uh, I've, I've made friends with people that I wouldn't have otherwise known. Yeah. And it really opened the doors to understanding that there's so much more out there sure. uh, and, uh, and opening me up from a really quiet introverted person to somebody sure, who is sure. much more willing yeah. to be outgoing and experience different things and actually seeking it out yeah okay well i think that's it thanks for being on the podcast i appreciate that that ran longer than i expected so, sorry <laughs> so no that's okay this is the thing that i love about doing the podcast is that you know we live such busy lives and in this world that we live in these days a lot of times it's a very shallow relationship that we have with our friends where we see each other at events or at different things where it's just a kind of a courtesy small talk, you know, hey, how's it going? How's work? Oh, good, good. Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah, we'll catch up. But when we do these podcasts, we actually do a deep dive into each other's stories and we learn about each other's lives. And these are the things that I enjoy most. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your stories with me. I appreciate it so much. And for all of our listeners out there that would like to follow us on our social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Polynesian Pop. And you can find our previous episodes if you want to dive into our archive at DesertOasisRoom.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Cheers and aloha. Aloha. aloha.